Long History The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus Part 9 A Thing of Wonder Hello everyone and welcome to Part 9 of The Third Voyage of Christopher Columbus. We're getting towards the end now of this third voyage, but we've already covered the other previous two voyages of Christopher Columbus, if you haven't listened to those already. I'm sure they will be available on your podcast provider, or if not, have a look at longhistory.net, where all our episodes of Long History are gathered together. And just a note before we start the episode proper, this document is written by a man called Las Casas, a famous Spanish historian, and apparently he had access to Columbus's original journal, but it is unfortunately lost to time. So Las Casas is reporting this journal of Christopher Columbus, but it does make the narrative somewhat confusing sometimes, because we're not quite sure if Las Casas is the one narrating, or if it's Columbus who's dominating the narrative. So it's just something to bear in mind, especially at the beginning of this episode, actually. In this journey, Christopher Columbus is the furthest south he's ever been in the Caribbean. He sailed along the southern coast of Trinidad Island, seeing lots of islands to his left, without realising that they're not in fact islands, but they're the mainland of South America, today's Venezuela. Then he got stuck, sort of without realising it, in a gulf today called the Gulf of Paria, although in his text he calls it the Gulf of Ballena. And then finally, in the previous episode, he left the Mouth of the Dragon, which is one of only two ways of entering and leaving this gulf. The name the Mouth of the Dragon is given in Spanish here, the Boca del Drago, and many of the names are given in Spanish here in this episode, but even Las Casas says that by the time he wrote his history, most of these names had fallen into disuse. In this episode, Columbus continues to explore the area, sailing along the northern coast of Perea to the island of Margarita. This is the third voyage of Christopher Columbus, part 9. A Thing of Wonder Having gone out of the Gulf and the Boca del Drago, and having passed his danger, he decides to go to the west by the coast below of the mainland, believing yet that it was the island of Gracia, in order to get abreast on the right of the said Gulf of the Pearls, north and south, and to go around it, and see whence comes so great abundance of water, and to see if it proceeded from rivers, as the sailors affirmed, and which he says he did not believe, because he had not heard that either the Ganges, the Nile, or the Euphrates carried so much fresh water. The reason which moved him was because he did not see lands large enough to give birth to such great rivers. Unless indeed, he says, that this is the mainland. These are his words. So that he was already beginning to suspect that the island of Gracia, which he believed to be an island, is mainland which it certainly was, and is, and the sailors had been right. From which land there came such a quantity of water from the rivers Yuyapari, and the other which flows out near it, which we now call Camari, and others which must empty there, so that, going in search of that gulf of the pearls, where the said rivers empty, thinking to find it surrounded by land, considering it an island, and to see if there was an entrance there, or an outlet to the south, and if he did not find it, he says he would affirm then that it was a river, and that both were a great wonder. He went down the coast that Monday until the setting of the sun. He saw that the coast was filled with good harbours and a very high land. By that lower coast he saw many islands toward the north, and many capes on the mainland, to all of which he gave names, to one, 
Cabo de Conchas, to another Cabo Luengo, to another Cabo de Sabor, to another Cabo Rico. A high and very beautiful land. He says that on that way there are many harbours and very large gulfs which must be populated. And the farther he went to the west, he saw the land more level and more beautiful. On going out of the mouth, he saw an island to the north, which might be 26 leagues from the north, and named it La Isla de la Asuncion. He saw another island and named it La Concepcion, and three other small islands together he called Los Testigos. They are called this today. Another near them he called El Romero, and three other little small islands he called Las Guardias. Afterwards he arrived near the Isla Margarita and called it Margarita, and another near it he named El Martinet. This Margarita is an island 15 leagues long and five or six wide, and is very green and beautiful on the coast, and is very good within, for which reason it is inhabited. It has near it, extending lengthwise east and west, three small islands, and two behind them extending north and south. The Admiral did not see more than three as he was going along the southern part of Margarita. It is six or seven leagues from the mainland, and this makes a small gulf between it and the mainland, and in the middle of the gulf are two small islands east and west besides each other. The one is called Coche, which means deer, and the other Cubagua, which is the one we have described in chapter 136 and said that there are an infinite quantity of pearls gathered there. So that the Admiral, although he did not know that the pearls were formed in this gulf, appears to have divined that fact in naming it Margarita. He was very near it, although he does not express it, because he says he was nine leagues from the island of Martinet, which he says was near Margarita on the northern part. And he says near it, because as he was going along the southern part of Margarita, it appeared to be near, although it was eight or nine leagues away. And this is the small island to the north near Margarita, which is now called Blanca, and is distant eight or nine leagues from Margarita, as I said. For here it seems that the Admiral must have been close to or near Margarita, and I believe that he anchored, because the wind failed him. Finally, of all the names that he gave to the islands and capes of the mainland which he took for the island of Gracia, none have lasted or are used today except Trinidad, Boca del Drago, Los Testigos and Margarita. There the eyes of the Admiral became very bad from not sleeping, because always, as he was in so many dangers sailing among islands, it was his custom himself to watch on deck. And whoever takes ships with cargo should for the most part do that very thing, like the pilots. And he says that he found himself more fatigued here than when he discovered the other mainland, which is the island of Cuba, which he regarded as mainland even until now. Because his eyes were bloodshot, and thus his labours on the sea were incomparable. For this reason he was in bed this night, and therefore he found himself farther out in the sea than he would have been if he had himself watched, from which he did not trust himself to the sailors, nor should anyone who is a diligent and perfect pilot trust to anybody, because dependent on him and on his head are all those who go in the ship, and that which is most necessary and proper to his office 
is to watch and not sleep all the time while he navigates. The Admiral appears to have gone down the coast after he came out of the mouth of the dragon yesterday, Monday and today, Tuesday. 30 or 40 leagues at least, although he does not say so, as he complains that he did not write all that he had to write, as he could not on account of his being so ill here. And as he saw that the land was becoming very extended below to the west, and appeared more level and more beautiful, and the Gulf of the Pearls, which was in the back of the Gulf or Freshwater Sea, whence the river of Eurapari flowed, in the search of which he was going, had no outlet, which he hoped to see. Believing that this mainland was an island, he now became conscious that a land so great was not an island but mainland, and as if speaking with the sovereigns he says here, I believe that this is mainland, very great, which until today has not been known, and reason aids me greatly, because of this being such a great river, and because of this sea which is fresh. And next, the saying of Esdras aids me, in the fourth book, chapter 6, which says that the six parts of the world are of dry land, and the one of water. Which book St. Ambrose approves in his Examinon, and St. Augustine on the passage, Morietta Filius Meus Christus, as Francisco de Maironis alleges. And further, I am supported by the sayings of many Cannibales Indians, whom I took at other times, who said that to the south of them was mainland, and at that time I was on the island of Guadeloupe, and also I heard it from others of the island of Santa Cruz and of San Juan, and they said that in it there was much gold, and as your highnesses know, a very short time ago there was no other land known than that which Ptolemy wrote of, and there was not in my time anyone who would believe that one could navigate from Spain to the Indies, about which matter I was seven years in your court, and there were few who understood it, and finally the very great courage of your highnesses caused it to be tried, against the opinion of those who contradicted it. And now the truth appears, and it will appear before long much greater, and if this is mainland, it is a thing of wonder, and it will be so among all the learned, since so great a river flows out that it makes a freshwater sea of 48 leagues. These are his words. Having finished this digression, let us return then to our history and to what the Admiral resolved to do in the place where he was, and that is, going as fast as possible, he wished to come to this Española, for some reasons which impelled him greatly. One, because he was going with great anxiety and affliction, as he had not had news of the condition of this island for so many days, and it would seem that he had some premonition of the disorder and the losses and the travail which, with the rising of Francisco Roldan, all this land and his brothers were suffering. The other, in order to dispatch immediately the Adelantado, his brother, with three ships, to continue his discovery of the mainland, which he had already begun to explore. And it is certain that if Francisco Roldan with his rebellion and shamelessness had not prevented him, the admiral, or his brother for him, would have discovered the mainland as far as New Spain. 
but, according to the decree of divine providence, the hour of its discovery had not come, nor was the permission recalled by which many were being enabled to distinguish themselves in unjust works under cover of making discoveries. Las Casas, in this rather strange narration as usual, mentions Francisco Roldán toward the end, and while Columbus has been exploring the southern Caribbean, on Hispaniola Island, where the main Spanish colonies are, this Francisco Roldán has led a rebellion against Columbus's brother. The next episode will be the last in this series, and in it, Columbus will make the journey from the Venezuelan coastline back to Hispaniola. Thanks everyone for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to give it a like before you move on. With one episode to go, now's the time to follow or subscribe to be informed of when the last episode takes place. Don't forget that as well as Columbus, we've covered lots of history's most famous explorers here on Long History, and we split the source documents into chunks of about 10 minutes in this way to give you history from the source. Thank you everyone for listening. This was the third voyage of Christopher Columbus, a thing of wonder. Goodbye.